Welcome to DCC. My name is Garen. If we have not met before, thanks for braving the one hour less of sleep that y'all got last night. Uh, As Ben introduced me a little, I figured I'd give you guys some background on who I am just so that you know who's speaking to you this morning. Uh, I moved to Tallahassee in September of 2014, so been around here for a little while. Uh, I currently, like you said, work for a company my brother and sister-in-law started called The Workmans. We do film and creative storytelling for businesses and organizations, uh, among other things. Uh, I am also newly married. I have a picture to show off. Um, So this is my beautiful wife. Uh, I just... She makes me look better. Um, But yeah, she's amazing. Uh, So amazing, in fact, that she actually listened to me preach this sermon multiple times. So the patience and grace within that just marks and strides for our marriage. But um, yeah, we're excited about being here in Tallahassee, what God has in store for us. It was just start this new journey and get started. But uh, getting into it, we're going through a series called By Faith. And over the last three weeks, we've been going verse by verse through a chapter in Hebrews that talks a lot about different stories of people with commendable faith. And we've talked about this idea of how Faith isn't, uh, I guess it's not as uncommon as we think, right? So we use it in our daily lives in different decisions uh, that we make that impact subconscious or not what we're doing moving forward. And it's interesting how just this idea unfolds when they're using what's written, the author of Hebrews, and how, you know, it really just isn't as uncommon as we like to think about it sometimes. Uh, So for example, uh, when you guys got here this morning, you got in your car, you put your seatbelt on, and you had faith that that seatbelt was going to keep you safe, right, as you're driving if something unfortunate happens. Or, uh, so if you're like my wife and I, we uh, food prep for the week, so we do our entire uh, shopping list on Sunday. And that means our grocery bill is pretty big or long. And when we pull out that piece of plastic and swipe it, we have faith that everything's (laughs) going to work and we're going to get to go home with our groceries, right? Or uh, if you might have been like me when I was in college, you wanted to only buy like a meal and you're like, all right, I have faith that this is going to work. But very often it's a lot of times we use faith subconsciously or, or the, on the flip side. And one of the biggest leaps of faith I've ever encountered was actually in uh, during a season when I lived in Utah. So uh, in Utah, I love adventures outside. I was in Boy Scouts, Eagle Scout, and that was basically like, if you want to do something awesome, go to Colorado or Utah. You're welcome. Um, But there's this place there called Corona Arch, and it's known because uh, basically for things that people have done, it's kind of illegal to do it now. Um, And I'll get into why that's the case. But some buddies and I decided that we were going to make this weekend trip of it. So in Utah, it's a pretty big state. I was up in Provo, which is more the middle near Salt Lake. And uh, we needed to go to to the south Utah, a place called Moab. Uh, Basically, it's a desert. 
and um, they have these huge rock formations. And what Corona Arch is, is it's actually exactly that, a giant uh, arch. And, but it's 150 feet tall, so it's, it's a decent size. And we were like, all right, we're, like, we want to check this out, and we're going to make a trip out of it. So we go down, we, we drive after work on Friday, we get there super late Friday night, and we're like, this is a bro trip. We like, we got to make it, ha- make it work. Uh, so that night we actually decided to do some night climbing. And so, man, we probably stayed up till a good three o'clock in the morning, just climbing, um, with our flashlights on, which is sketchy, but fun. And what was really interesting that blew my mind is as we were climbing, I was drenched in sweat. I mean, rock climbing is a workout, but because it's a desert and it's the sand rock, it was so hot during the day that the rock was actually still giving off like absorbent amounts of heat that you're just like, why am I doing this? Um, But I digress. Finally go to sleep, wake up the next morning, and that's when we decide we're going to go to this place called Corona Arch. And what makes this um, rock formation so special, we'll say, is that we were going to turn it into a giant rope swing. Um, And so it's about an hour hike in, and you have to have all the gear. We had all the right equipment. Um, This this wasn't one of those just like, let's wing it kind of moments, right? Like one of us had done this before, so we were almost prepared. And um, we we hiked in. It was about an hour, like I said. And then when we got there, it was probably about another hour or so to set it all up. There's a lot of things that you want to be correct, right? Um, Since you're jumping off this 100-foot ledge. And we set up all the equipment. We took the time to do it right. And even though it was a guy's trip, we still were proactive enough to think, you know, we should probably figure out a way to test this. Um, So as we're hiking in, I had a backpack, and we were slowly collecting these big, like, boulders, basically, and putting it in my backpack. So that sucked. But um, when we got there, we used this backpack full of rocks to actually like chuck it off the ledge and you know see that it swung. We're like, all right, that's as probably as good as we're going to get it, and you know we'll go off that. Um, and so the guy who's done it before was like, all right, I'll go first. I want to, you know, I don't want you guys to like be freaking out about it. So he goes, he swings, all good things. Um, and then my next buddy, he goes, swings, all good things, and they're they're pretty pumped up. I mean, it's it's exhilarating. And then it gets to my turn, and I'm standing on this ledge, and and the scariest part about this whole experience is that it's actually a blind jump, right? So you're, you're on this ledge, you see 150 feet down, and you have to jump forward and swing into it, which, if that doesn't make sense, I have a clip to kind of give you a better idea about it, just because, I mean, it's also just a cool video. So let's play that um, and get you excited. Is that not a pump-up video? Um, man, I must have watched that thing probably like 50 times, and each time I, like, my, I'm drooling more and more, getting excited for this trip. And I would love to tell you that it was as easy for those guys to just be like, oh, yeah, jump. Um, but I, there were probably a good three different times I stood on that ledge for a good 15 to 30 minutes apiece, and... For the first time in my life, I could not mentally overpower my body and be like, no, just do it, right? I stood on this ledge, and it was like, all right, let's see what happens, Um, and just couldn't 
change anything about this thought process that I came to. And what I really think was going on was this um, internal tension, right? So there was these positives, all the things that you saw in this video. I got to have this amazing story. It jumped off. Um, I've gone skydiving before. I love accelerating stuff like this. But there's also the flip side. So there's the potential negatives. And all I could think about is I was going scenario after scenario of all the things that might make gravity not as fun this go around, right? Um, and, and, it's, and it's hard, and we've all been there, not necessarily on a ledge uh, at 150 feet, but we've all been there where we've come to decisions of this tension, right? This tension of, all right, cool, here's all these awesome possibilities, but... Mm, here's all these not so great possibilities. And, and it's hard when we can't control the outcome, right? And when I was thinking about, so we've talked about how we, you know, all have used faith in some regards and decisions that we used. Um, so I was thinking about how, when I was in college, I would do online tests, right? And with online tests, you make sure you take your time, find the answers and the questions in the book, spend adequate time answering the question. And it's all great and you're confident, right? But then when you get to that point where you have to hit the submit button, everything changes. You're like, whoa, everything I wrote could be a complete waste of time. And then you have the people who like read through it and they're like, all right, I'm okay with it. And then you have people like me who read through it and I change every single thing and like go through it all over again. Or, um, so being newly married, so this idea of like, there's a pretty weighty decision in choosing to be married to someone, right? It's, it's awesome getting to, you know, do life with them, spend the rest of your life with your best friend, taste awesome, like Instagram photos. I don't know. But, uh, but then the other side is like, you have to, I wouldn't say negative, but on the flip side is there, there's this place where you have to consciously decide, oh man, I have to love this person for the rest of my life. I have to wake up to them every single morning for the rest of my life. I have to choose to choose, I get unselfishly choose their needs over mine. And there's, there's a lot of weight to these decisions that, you know, causes this tension where we go back and forth. And when the author of Hebrews was writing it, he was speaking to a people who were also struggling with this same concept, this same internal struggle because they were at a place where they, you know, had these past experiences and decisions that helped impact the faith that they had, but they were losing sight of this promise, this promise that um, was of Jesus, right? And basically, there were these both sides, and how he starts is a very interesting way because as we'll read, we'll see how he goes through both sides of this tension, the positives and the potential negatives, but how he starts uh, in verse 32, which is where we'll pick up. So if you want to open your Bibles, we're going to uh, Hebrews chapter 11, and that's verse 32. I think they have that. All right, perfect. So it says, and what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jetheth, of David and Samuel and the prophets. The Bible is littered with stories of faith. And, I, and on one side, you can 
interpret this as he's just like, man, there are so many examples, like take a look. But of course, when I read this, I thought of the comical side of it where, you know, he probably like sat down, wanted to get serious, prayed over it, was writing it and was, I don't know, on a time crunch or maybe he started getting hungry. But if you look through chapter 11, each of the stories start getting smaller and smaller. And then right before, you know, the verses that we went over last week, you know, he's like these one sentence stories. And then finally in 32, he's like, oh yeah, yeah, all these people like, here you go. Um, And it's like when you're, I don't know, in like a compliance meeting with work and your boss is going over different like laws and statutes that you need to know. And three fourths during the meeting, he's like, all right, cool. I got to go research the rest yourself. Um, It's like, here's all these potentials. Like, I believe in you, right? And it's a very interesting just thought process that he continues because then he jumps right into the positive sides of things, which is always nice, right? You you talk about the positives first to like uh, soften the blow. But picking up in verse uh, 33, we'll read from there. So it says, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, which is not a bad accolade to have if you're like going to say something great about yourself. Oh, I stopped the mouth of a lion yesterday. No big deal. Uh, quenched power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, and, and get this, women received back their dead by resurrection. Again, that's a pretty pump up few verses, right? If we're if we're looking that, we're like, faith looks awesome. Like, I want that possibility. And you don't even think about the the negative sides of things, right? But going back to uh, my story, you know, what I didn't tell you about my actual like job in Utah was I was paid to be a rock climbing guide for people. So I went out regularly and did like outdoor adventures. That was my bread and butter. I loved it. I used that equipment that we had used to set up the swing regularly. I literally coached people through this fear that I was now overcome by, that I was now paralyzed by. And I think very often we look at faith and only see these positives and we forget to look at those first three, verse, uh, first three words of verse 33, which was who through faith. And the idea behind that is that faith very often is an action, right? You can't just expect it to happen. Even with the positives or the negatives, you still have to be willing to take that step forward because you have to be willing to see how it plays out. And when he's talking about these great things, it's really nice to think about, you know, that side of faith that you hope for. So if that's, you decide to share about your faith, right, with a coworker or a friend, and you have this, like, giant prayer circle at work, and everyone becomes saved, and you're like, oh my gosh, Jesus, yes, Right, or you uh, decide to, you know, uh, someone walks up to you and they're like, hey, can you buy my lunch? 
And you're like, man, I don't have money for you, but all right, because I love Jesus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust him, have faith in him. Here's, here's these $10. And as you're in Mickey D's and they're just dollar menu millionaire it up, um, you know, this, this guy saw you walk in and he like saw you give your money away. And he's like, I saw that beater of a car that you had, like, let me buy you a new car. And you're like, what? Jesus! <laughs> right? And it, 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 it's these great scenarios that just seem totally logical, right? Um, but more often than not, it's, it's still having to choose to share your faith, still having to choose to be willing to give up your money. But then there's that opposite side. There's that flip side of that tension, right? So you have the positives. And, and this is where uh, the writer of Hebrews goes into these negatives. So that's where we're picking back up in verse 35. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Really encouraging, right? Um, others suffered mocking and flogging even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, stoned. They were sawn in two. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a bad day. Uh, They were killed with a sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. That really wants to get to, like, that's, man. Sorry, I read that, and I'm like, gosh, that really just makes you want to get out of bed, right? Like, I'm really excited about life here in those verses. Like, yes. But it's this idea of this, how innately there's this thing inside of us where we uh, either sense danger, get a whiff of danger, that it speaks so much louder than these positive sides, right? And we can become so fixated on the potential outcome of these negatives. And I think how often do we fear God is going to call us to do something that we fear the most or that we don't want to do the most or go somewhere we don't want to go? Or even on the flip side of that, how often do we think if we're suffering, our faith isn't strong enough or we don't believe in God enough and we're questioning, like, why is this happening to me? And I think through these verses, what the writer of Hebrews is trying to convey is this idea of endurance, this idea of endurance because of trust. Because they, they, were, looking back, they were looking forward on this promise, this promise, and they had this trust that, all right, there's something better there. As we talked about before, you know, with this idea of faith that we use every day, we use past experiences and decisions to help us impact the, you know, the decisions we move making forward. And when we're looking back, it comes to, you know, in these times when I've had those like what in the world moments, like why is this happening? It seems like I can always look back and, and think about this conscious moment, this conscious decision where I actively was like, all right, I'm going to keep moving forward. I don't, I don't know how this is going to turn out. It really sucks right now, but I'm going to be obedient and just like, all right, 
If that's one small baby step or one jump off a hundred foot cliff, I'm going to see what happens. And it's hard to not get stuck on these tensions, right? Going back and forth between each side. But how the author of Hebrews wraps it up, it's funny. So he does like a wrap-up within a wrap-up because we're at the end of chapter 11. But at verse 39, we'll pick up um, and read the rest of what we have. It says, And all these, though commended to their faith, did not receive what was promised. The promise being uh, Jesus Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. So what's interesting about the stories that we've learned in the Hebrews is that for the people in the Old Testament, they had faith to look forward. They had faith to look forward to this promise of something better. And I think that comes down to they had faith in God's faithfulness versus having faith in their faith in God, if that makes sense. Um, so instead of just, you know, being like, God, I believe what, what, you know, my faith is strong enough in you. It's being like, no, God, I believe that your faithfulness through this is going to get me through this. And for them when they were going through these crazy situations, good or bad, positive or negative, they were able to look towards something better. So the faith that people had in the Old Testament was solidified through Jesus and the cross. But then for us, in the wake of Jesus walking on this earth, we get to look back instead of look forward. You know, we all have faith, uh, or we all to some extent, we all use faith uh, for the decisions that we make. And when we get to look back on something, how much more powerful is that than looking forward? So for us, we get to look back on Jesus, who is this promise, right? So it's this man who walked on earth, um, said some crazy things, said that he was the son of God and had authority to forgive sins, This guy who died a brutal death on a cross and overcame sin and death when he rose again from the grave. And because he did that, he was able to extend this hand of grace and say, I want to make your relationship with God right again. I want to make it to what it was supposed to be intended to be. See, our faith is substantiated through Jesus and the cross. And we're all here this morning at different points of our faith, right? But if you're in here and you're a Christian, we have the disproportionate words, disproportionate advantage <laughs> to look back instead of having to look forward, right? So we get to look back on what Jesus did so that we can trust in what we will continue to do moving forward. We get to trust in Jesus because of that. You know, we have the endurance because we believe in God's faithfulness because he fulfilled that promise that those people were looking forward to. You know, if that's perhaps having faith to finally make that decision that you've been avoiding, or if that's having faith to finally, you know, say, God, there's some aspects of my life that are junky and murky and I don't want to give them up. I don't want to give up that control, but I believe in your faithfulness enough that I'm going to give them to you so that you're in control of it. 
Or if you're here this morning and you're navigating this idea of faith and just God and Jesus and trying to figure things out, you know, it's very easy to look at decisions and see, yeah, okay, there's tension. You know, I get that. It's both sides. But for me, when I was standing on that ledge, going over scenario after scenario, it was very easy for me to just think, man, I totally was just overthinking that scenario, like that situation. I was going over scenario after scenario, and that was what my issue was. I was just thinking too much. And I think too often we hear people, Christians say, you just need to stop thinking. You just need to, you know, have faith, just believe, right? And you're supposed to just flip this switch of like, oh, you don't want me to think anymore. That, that makes sense. But no, um, what I would propose is this different perspective. So instead of that, I was overthinking it. It was that I was just intimidated by it. I was intimidated by the weight of that decision. I was intimidated by the gravity of the decision, literally, um, right? And it was me trying to overcome this fear, even though I had these past experiences uh, tell me it's going to be okay. And because, again, we have this foundation of this promise that's fulfilled, you know, if there is a God who loves you so much that was willing to give up what was most important to him, would it be hard to take even a baby step forward to trust he has your best interest in mind or he uh, wants, you know, to love you that much more? So as you're going out this week, I encourage you and I challenge you to, if it's, a big step or if it's a small step, look back on these promises that have been fulfilled, these promises that we've seen in Hebrews, you know, encourage us because I think that's what it comes down to when the author was writing this. He was encouraging us to be like, hey, the people in the Old Testament got to look forward to this promise, but be encouraged that we get to look back on something fulfilled. We get to look back and see, man, my God was faithful. He showed up. So as you're going out this week, be encouraged and know that God's faithfulness is a promise that is constant and forever. So let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for this morning, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to just come this morning and hear your word, Lord. I pray that these words would just speak to our hearts, that we would be encouraged to take that step forward in something that we might have been questioning or been intimidated by, God. But I pray that as we continue in this week that you would just use us, grow us, Lord, and that way we would be champions for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.